0: Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word again. As we look into it, open our eyes of understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 4. What oh, be careful what you hear. These are the days that you need to be careful because so many voices are in the world. So many speakers in the, are in the world. Uh, today, unbelievers have even picked up motivational speaking. I tell you, if you hear some of them talking, you would think they are Christians, but they are not. They've taken up the motivational speaking thing. It, they've taken it up as a profession. Some of them go hold seminars, and they speak some of those points. You think they are Christians, but they are not, you know? And then, you know, the devil, you see, Satan is one of the, the, the main tools in the hands of the devil, you know, is deception. The Bible says he's a liar right from the beginning. He's the father of lies. Satan is the father of lies. So Satan uses deception, and deception comes in all forms. Deception can come even through somebody that you so much love, somebody you so much trust, and yet if they are not, you know, watchful, the devil can speak to them. Peter was very close to Jesus, and yet the devil spoke to Peter, but Jesus noticed it, and he said, get thee behind me, Satan. The Bible says also that Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. So it is not every angel that is of God. Satan can transform himself into an angel. As a matter of fact, you know, when the Bible says, Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. So it means the enemy has some power. In fact, Satan lives miserably. Satan is very powerful. Hello just that his power is not as great as God's power. He says, I give you power over all the power. So that means Satan has some power. You know, if you read the book of Revelation, in the last days, and you see the signs and wonders and miracles, Satanic, Satan calling down fire from heaven and all manner of things. So that is why don't be deceived by Miracles. That's why these days, unfortunately, some people, because they want to cut corners. They want to make money quickly. They want to draw congregation. They want to draw a crowd after them. They've gone to the devil to get some powers to do miracles. They've been around for ages. I mean, right in the Old Testament, when God sent Moses and Aaron into Egypt, what happened? They performed some miracles there. The agents of Satan, the magicians, they duplicated those miracles. Didn't they? They did. Moses threw down his road, things happened. And they threw down their roads, also things happened. And it's just that what God's power showed up. And you know, Moses' snake you know, swallowed the snakes of all those magicians. But apart from that, all those ten plagues, apart from one, all the plagues that God told Moses to bring upon Egypt, the magicians duplicated them. But the thing is that, you know, it shows how deceptive the devil is. Because nobody asked the question, how come these magicians they have the power to duplicate the, the, the darkness, the flies, the frogs? Why can't they remove them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Because Moses, God told Moses, okay, fine, stretch water your road and then flies are going to come. No, frogs are going to come, darkness is going to come, so on and so forth. And uh, the magicians did the same thing, they did their things and uh, the thing happened also. So the question is that why didn't or why couldn't the magicians remove what Moses did? It just shows that power passes power. You know? It's one thing to duplicate what God is doing, it's another thing to really remove what God is doing. You can't do that. Satan cannot stop what God is doing. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I mean, after the first service, I was here, there was a sister here. Uh, sister Cathy, uh, Pastor Winner, I was talking, with, uh, greeting with Pastor Winner here, and Sister Cathy came here, and for some reason, you know, Pastor Winner picked it up and, you know, he said, uh, uh, you know, he d- said to Satan that dare him, you know, uh, you know, revoke what Jesus Christ has done. Let's see, can Satan do? He cannot, he cannot undo what Jesus Christ has already done. He said, there, him. he knows, he can let him do. It. Let's see. You know, Pastor Winner <laughs> was telling the sister. Satan cannot revoke or or remove or change what God has already done. What Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary to bring us salvation, no power in hell can change. Every person that believes in Jesus, no matter how sinful they are, their sins are wiped away by the blood of Jesus, whether Satan likes it or not. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The moment somebody hears the gospel and believes Jesus, no devil can stop that person from being born again. So, Satan has power, but he has limited power. As believers, even because we have the power of God, we have greater power over him, or else we can't cast him out. We cannot resist him unless we have greater power. But the Bible says, resist him. He said, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents, upon scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by enemies hurt you. But Satan uses deception, lies. So we need to be careful. So Paul was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 Preach the word of God, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. You know, we we, we need to receive the, the wholesome word of God. There is the place for rebuke through the word of God. Sometimes, depending on your situation, the word of God may come to you as a rebuke if you are doing the wrong thing. The word of God can come to you as an encouragement if you are doing the right thing. Amen? The word of God may come to you as a correction if you are not doing the right thing. So the word of God corrects us. The word of God rebukes us. The word of God encourages us. And the word of God, you know, if you read also 2 Timothy 3, 16, the word of God also instructs us, teaches us. And so in the Bible here, Paul was writing over two, almost 2,000 years ago, for a time is coming, and that time is here, well here. I tell you, well here. We know some of us are coming up in the Lord in the in the early uh 80s, you know, back 82, 83, we had things, we had some, uh, you know, lies and some deception, but I tell you, it wasn't as bad as now. You know, so many heresies and so on. So for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching is want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. Some of us are doing just that. And fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have, we have to work out telling others the good news of the word of God. Teach the people the word of God. It's important that we understand the word of God. You know, I've been doing some teachings on, on Wednesday, you know, some of you have been missing out. You need to come out this Wednesday, you know, because it's one thing to know the Word of God. It's another thing to understand the Word of God. and It's another thing to have the wisdom to apply the Word because two, impo- you know, very important things. You hear the Word, you need to understand it. You understand it, and you need wisdom to apply it because you can know the Word. If you don't understand it, it you're not going to apply it rightly. You know, I was given um, the first service here, you know, I told him something, this is my personal thing, but I'll share with you again, probably. <laughs> something happened to me back, I was coming up in the Lord then, um, young boy at that time, you know, uh, what, 1985, I was just what, about 23 years old. So somehow, you know, in those days, um, you know, uh, so we were kind of uh, trying to get into relationships as Christians and things like that, and you know. So even though God had spoken to my heart uh, about my wife, but then I dismissed it because I thought, well, you know, she came from a rich family, I came from a poor family, that wasn't going to work. So I put her, I put her aside because the first day I saw her walking to the church, the Lord said to me, that is your wife. And uh, I said, yeah, no, no, that couldn't be, you know, the driver comes to drop her, the driver comes to pick her home. Me, I walk, I trek to church, so that's not going to work. You know, seriously, speaking, it's a tr- the truth, the whole truth, seriously. I still remember the dress that she was wearing, uh, you know. Yes, look at 1983, yeah, uh, ni- 1983, 1983, you know. It was a member of our church who was teaching at her college that led her to the Lord and yeah. brought her to church for me, <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, so um, I dismissed her, I said, no, 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 you can't do this one. And then about two years later, but I did. I did take note of it. Two years later, 1985. You know, uh, a sister. One. One sister came to church, and uh, by that time, you know, all this faith talk, uh, whatever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive, and you shall have it. And uh, you confess, and you claim it, and you shall have it. You see this kind of thing now. You know, and it, it caught up with some of us young. You know, people coming up. No. So I saw this uh, young sister. She came to church, a Christian. And I, I went before God. I didn't tell her anything, so I went to pray, you know. So uh, in, in, back that 1985, there was a shop we were selling. A, it belonged to one of our members, so uh, a lady, a sister. So the front was the shop, you know, some provisions and things like that. Then the back was a room and then, uh, you know, some a, a toilet and a bathroom and things like that. So I was staying there with my cousin. Uh, we used to sell for this particular sister. So the front uh, was a, a shop. And so my cousin was in the front selling, and then I went inside to pray because we do that a lot. That 85 was a wonderful year. If I, uh, you know, uh, if I had the opportunity to ask God to repeat one year for me, I would want God to repeat 1985 for me. 1985 was my best year in all my life yet. Oh yes, seriously speaking, you know, read through the Bible worshiping, we're having great time of prayers, and everything. I mean that was a wonderful year. It's not because I had no money. No, no, no. In fact, do you have anything? we were just selling that shop, getting just a few um uh, money, you know. So but we were doing fine. we we'll would check, go to church, go for practice, uh, play some music and but we had a great time. You know? And so I told my cousin, I'm going in to go and pray. So you attend to the customer. So I went in and uh, so I got on my knees, and I said, Lord God, your word says that what things ever we desire when we pray, we believe that we receive, and we shall have. So I said, God, this is how I came to church, and I said, God, I, I am asking you for her as a wife in the name of Jesus, and according to your word, I, I, I claim her. Not Jesus <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, and uh, I was there on my knees, and believe me, before God, till today, I will never forget that experience. You know, I felt God laugh on me from heaven. You know, I felt the presence of God on me, and God laughed, and I I felt God laugh at me. And I knew I was just messing up as a boy. I got up off my knees and literally, you know, abandoned the prayers and went back to the shop. (laughs) You know? So I went back to the shop to go and join my cousin, silly, and I never, did, I never told him what happened. <laughs> I never, you know, I never did that again. I never did that again. I forgot about that, sister, and, and things like that. And, well, eventually, of course, what God spoke to me earlier on came to pass. I ended up, of course, with, with my wife. But the, what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, you read that scripture, what things soever you desire when you pray. And you take it like that, literally, what things soever. Now, but, you see, it is not as literal as you think. Because, you know, if that were the case, then what I prayed for was included in the whatever, isn't it? But that is not what it means. You know, when God is talking like that, he's talking with reference to where the will of God is known. The Bible says, whatsoever we ask according to his will, he hears us. So you have to determine God's will before you pray. So if you are not praying according to God's will, the whatsoever doesn't count. Because, so the key thing is that I did not understand what the scripture I knew what the scripture said, but I did not understand what the scripture meant. So I did not apply that scripture right. Do you see that? I knew the scripture. I could call the scripture. But I didn't understand exactly. I took it so too literal. And because I didn't understand it right, I couldn't apply it right. And of course, God laughed at me. You know? Thank God he wasn't angry at me. He laughed at me. I ran off. And I never, never, ever you know, even thought about that thing again, you know? So we need to understand the world. And that's why, you know, Paul was writing to Timothy here to teach. Jesus Christ spent a lot of time teaching. To teach means to explain. To preach means to proclaim. So there's a slight difference between preaching and teaching. So you proclaim, proclaim this, Jesus Christ is Lord, give your life to Christ, and so on and so forth. And, you know, and you people give their lives to After they have given their lives to Christ, you notice according to the scriptures, they began to be taught the word of God. Look at, you know, Acts chapter 2. Those that receive Jesus They followed up with their faith. They said they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in the prayers. They continued in the fellowship. They continued in meeting with other brethren. That is how to grow and develop as a Christian. Now, so it's important. So Paul was writing here... uh, Timothy. Now, I put some things here last week. Let's quickly run through. He said, in this life, there are two very important issues we have to deal with at one time or another. One of it is when it comes to the issue of making decisions. You know, you you need to be careful who you are listening to when you are making certain decisions. There are some decisions that are life-defining. So you need to be careful who are you listening to and by what spirit are they speaking You need to be careful. I've talked about this last Sunday, so if you can go on the uh, podcast and listen to it again. Secondly is when we find ourselves in a very difficult problem, we want a solution. That is when the devil will always try to provide a shortcut out, but the wrong one. The devil will bring some suggestion. You do this. You can get out of this. You can get out of this. And you need to be careful, especially when it comes to spiritual things, and people come to give you prophecies. Now, I put some things there. Number one, dealing with these two issues of life depends on what and who you are listening to. Very important what and who you are listening to. But because of time, let's go on. I want to share some notes there. Um, Yeah. At the end of the day, we are all accountable for what we hear. Or. who we listen to. And there's some reasons I put down there. Number one, because what we hear determines what we believe. You don't just believe things just like that. You have to hear something and then you believe it. Number two, what we believe determines our actions and how we live our lives. And number three, eventually what we have heard and believed will determine our destiny from this world. And in some cases, consequences here on earth. You know, there are certain things that we do that have got uh, consequences here on earth. Apart from the fact that there are eternal consequences like hell. At the same time, there are some good things we do here on earth that attract God's blessings here on earth. And then the ultimate blessing when we get to heaven. So both good and evil, both of them, they have some of their consequences down here, negative or or positive. And then they have the ultimate, you know, punishment for the uh, sinners and then also blessing for the uh, believers beyond this life. We need to understand that we are accountable. You know, one of the strangest things that um, I read in the scriptures, you know, it's about in the book of Peter where the Bible says clearly that Eve was deceived. That's why I said that we are accountable for what we hear and who we listen to. It doesn't matter if the person, whether or not the person deceiving you. You are responsible. You are accountable. In the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that the, the serpent, that's the devil, came to speak to Eve. So she entertained him. He even tried to paraphrase on some of the things God had said. And she listened to the devil, lied to her that God did not mean what he, what he said. And she ate of the fruit that God said not to eat of. So consequently, she sinned against God and she offered the same to the husband. The husband ate. And both of them sinned in the sight of God and got spiritually cut off from God. They were still physically alive, but spiritually now dead because they were now separated from God. Because so when God said, the moment he touch, you, you are going to die, he wasn't just talking about physical death. He was talking about spiritual death. Spiritual death is not a cessation of life necessarily or a cessation of existence. Spiritual death is simply a separation from God. You are cut away from God. That's what it is. You are existing, but cut away from God. So, first of all, they died spiritually. They were cut away from God. But physically, they began to reap some consequences because God came and drove them away from the garden. So, they began to suffer some consequences. Now, but the thing is that later on in that garden, God came down to check on them. And they had gone hiding. So, the Lord said, what's happening here? And, you know, have you eaten of the tree that I said you should not eat of? I know God knew but he just wanted to check them out. He said, where are you? But God knew where they were hiding. Don't you think so? God knows everywhere. He knows everything. So he knew where they were hiding. But he decided, to say, where are you? Because I put you here. You are supposed to be here. And so the Lord said, have you eaten? And what did Eve say? Eve said, that the devil deceived me, beguiled me, or Satan deceived me. So she turned. You know, I mean, uh, sorry, first of all, to Adam. Adam said that the woman gave him. All right, he complains. Hey, the woman that you gave me. So pushing the blame to God. All right? You see, when we go for a a woman, we go by ourselves. But when things go wrong, we say God gave uh, to us. You know, when God brought Eve to Adam, what was his uh, reaction? Wow, woman. Ah, ah, This is it at last. This is now born of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Hey, this is all this one. All these animals are becoming, man, man, man. This one, this is not the one. But now, at last, this is born of my bones, flesh of my flesh. He was happy. But now, when things went sour, he said, What? Well, this woman that you gave me is your fault. God, if you hadn't brought her, this wouldn't have happened. But somehow. So now, so God turns to Eve and says, What have you done? And Eve says, Satan, deceived me, or beguiled me, deceived me. And it was true, because the devil lied to her. The devil deceived her. It is said in the the book of Peter also that that Eve was deceived, but Adam was not deceived, because Adam knew exactly what he was doing when he collected that fruit from Eve. It wasn't Satan this time around that deceived Adam Satan deceived Eve, and Eve gave the fruit to Adam, and Adam ate it willingly. So now, what I want to bring out from here is that it, it is true that Satan deceived Eve, but God still held her accountable. Did you hear that? I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. And guess what? The deception was not even through another man; it was through Satan himself. So you would have, to, God would have said, "I, I know Satan; he, I know him. He's a liar." But you be careful. No, as far as God was concerned, it was sin. The fact that she was deceived did not exonerate her from the consequences of her actions. I tell you something, unfortunately, brethren. If this scripture is true, and I believe this, if God held Eve accountable. And God did not dispute the fact that she was deceived. And yet God held her accountable for her actions. Then today, unfortunately, unfortunately, there are millions of people going to hell who have been deceived. That when they stand before God, they will not have an excuse. I mean, it is not something to celebrate, but that is the truth. Because more people are going to hell and that deception of all manner of religions and some of them even cults coming up. All manner of churches springing yeah. up. All manner of preachers springing up and deceiving people. But how are you going to stay clear? By knowing the truth of God's word. You have to read the Bible. Check out what the Bible says. The Bible says, first of all, it says, you shall know them by their fruits. But also you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. What are you hearing, and who are you listening to? Last week, we read the book of 1 Kings chapter 22. And we saw that this particular king, a couple of kings, actually, they wanted to go to war. And uh, they decided to to seek the face of God, which was a good thing. But unfortunately, they sought, they sought the wrong you know, people to give them direction. So this particular king, Ahab, called 400 prophets. And 400 prophets saying the same thing doesn't make it right, unless it is actually the truth. So 400 prophets say, well... God is with you. Go to battle. But the other king had some reservations. said, Look, let's check out. Is there no man of God around, a prophet of God? Let's check him out. They said, Well, there's this one, Prophet Micaiah. And they brought him. And Prophet Micaiah said something different from what the other 400 had said. But of course, the king was not happy. And he uh, can in 1 Kings chapter 22, because we don't have time to go back there. And uh, eventually, of course, the king went to battle, and he was killed, just like the the true prophet said. He did not come back safely like the 400 prophets said. So the the, the king listened to the wrong prophets. He took that uh, direction that they gave him, and he suffered for it. Now, today, we want to look at the second aspect. So here is a a, a bunch of people in trouble. And what kind of news, you know, if you're in trouble? You will be expecting good news, isn't it? That something you know, uh, is going to be done about your situation. We all like that. But also we need to be careful. Whenever you find yourself in a situation, in a very difficult situation, you need to be careful. Because that is when the devil will come up with all manner of deception. We need to be careful. So now in Jeremiah chapter 28, we read in verse 1. And it happened in the same year at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year and in the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of Azul, the prophet who was from Gibeon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord in the presence of the priests and of all the people. Now, this was in the house of God, in church, if you will, in a church like this. It wasn't in It's some kind of uh, uh, idol-worshiping temple or something. This was in church. Other prophets of God were there, and uh, the priests were there, and the people were there. So this man got up, prophet Ananiah, got up and gave this prophecy. Verse 2, thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years, I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. Now, this sounds like a very, very good news. And i tell you something. It is possible for God to bring forth a word like this. So we are not just looking at the wordings because that's where the problem is sometimes we are not just looking at the wordings or the words spoken we have to look at the source of the words okay you know <laughs> because that is where this, that is how deception takes place sometimes we are not uh, uh, you know checking out the person that is talking by what spirit are they talking Where are they speaking from? What is their motive? But we are concerned about what the person is saying. The thing is that what the person is saying and the person himself, they must be together to have been with God and heard from God. And it is possible, and we've seen it in scriptures, where God has come and spoken words very similar to this, and they were from the Lord. Now we have these words, but unfortunately, as good as, and as encouraging as these words are, they are not from the Lord on this occasion. <laughs> you see that where the danger is? Now, so the thing is that quite often this is where, especially for Christians, and especially, uh, let me just dive back a little bit, for uh, sisters, Christian sisters, you know, because quite often, according to the scriptures, if a man finds a wife... So, you know, nine out of ten, well, these days women can go out and look for a husband. But, you know, um, the normal thing is for a man to go out and look for a wife. You know, these days women help themselves. They don't wait again. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. So and because of that, Satan knows it. And Satan has deceived a lot of Christian sisters, unfortunately. You know, the, the last, some of you will probably remember, this is a true story that took place in Finchley here, North London here, um, maybe about 15, 20 years ago, uh, a brother was telling me, you know, this guy, it wasn't a Christian at all, but he also knew that there's some good girls in the church, that, you know, the, good, the church girls, they make good wives. So he decided to just fake his Christianity, and, you know, he went to church. And when people were saying hallelujah, he joined, hallelujah, amen. You know, people were, hello, brother, hello, sister, he too join in. And they, no, learned the language of the church, spoke it. And, you know, when it was time for saying hallelujah, he joined. And so before he noticed it, he was also eagle-eyeing around. And he saw a particular sister and decided, uh, just uh, I will go after this one. And he went after her. And he said, sister, how are you? I am, brother, this person, you know thank God, God has been so gracious, to God is wonderful, amen, hallelujah, and he talked the language and spoke the language. But this is where you need to listen to your heart, because God has given you his Holy Spirit. The Bible says so that we will know the things that are given to us by God. So by God's Spirit in you, you will have some kind of checks within you that no, This person may be talking the talk, talking the language, but something is just not right. But unfortunately, this sister was not discerning, and before he noticed it, she got hooked up with this guy, and they got married. This is a true story happening in Finchley, some years back. And they got married eventually, and the pastor wedded them and got married, and I went to honeymoon, came back, and you know, and then after that, the sister who was very zealous in the church said, "Oh well, let's let's go to church." Said church, oh, "I'm not coming," like a joke. Say I'm not coming. Say ah why? Say no, no. I mean I came to church to get a wife. I didn't get come to church for God. So I mean I've got you now. So that's it. I'm not coming to church like a joke. She went to church on her own, happened again and again. When it became too much, she. I said okay, let's go and see pastor. Okay, you want to see pastor? Okay, let's go see pastor. And they went to see the pastor, and the pastor said, well, understand your wife is saying you don't want to come to church again. What's happening? said, well, pastor, I don't want to lie to you. Uh, you know uh, on this occasion i 've lied of course before, but i don 't want to tell you lies, actually, I have never been a Christian, I was never a Christian. I came to join this church, I came to look for a wife now i 've got her, and that 's all i'm not into church I am not into that kind of church. Thing. you know when people talk like that, I am not into church and my brother you 've got to get into church. You see, you are going to have to get into church if you, are go- you want to be serious with God. <laughs> you have to get into this church business. When somebody is saying, "Well, I am not into church," you better get into church. You know. And the man was serious. Say, "Well, Pastor, I mean, I, I love her. I am not fighting her anything. The thing is that uh, she can come to church, no problem. I am not fighting her. But the thing is that I am not just kind of person. I never was." And there was nothing the pastor could do. So the. Sister had to now live with an unbelieving husband. And, you know, somebody like that, you don't know what the person will come up with next. So we need to be discerning. The thing is that, you know, the language is one thing. You know, years ago, about 20 years ago, uh, when I became the pastor of this church, you know, we had some youth in this church, most of them are married now, but they were used at that time. They were playing all manner of music that time. Sometimes they even gave you know special numbers, and I, at the time I had to stop it because I didn't know. One of the special the song in the church in that uh, during that time, you know they kind of changed the words, and uh, I wasn't quite uh, you know comfortable with it. I didn't know where the song was from. So one day I went to play tennis with a friend, he's a Greek man, and so we, you know he so he came to say, look Richard, we are going to play tennis. So uh, instead of going with two cars, let me come and pick you. We going to play tennis. Okay, okay, fine, no problem. So he came to pick me. Uh, Kiri, my wife knows him very well. My uh, daughter knows, daughters know him. So he came to pick me, Kiri, and uh, we entered this vehicle and he put music. And I said, ah, wait a minute, which music is that? <laughs> that's, a, that's a special number that I had in the church. I didn't know who is that. And then he told me, it's one, of course, one unbeliever who sang the thing. So some of them at that time, they had picked the thing, changed a few things, and they came to sing it in the church. From that time, I said, no. That is not going to happen again. Let's sing Christian songs and they know where the songs are from. Don't go and look for songs from unbelievers, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. But there's something that I said, uh, Pastor Gabriel is not here, he will remember. I did say it. I said, you know, and I said it. At that time, I hadn't known much about Craig Lewis and the rest of them, you know, exposing all this uh, spirits behind hip-hop and things like that. But I said to them, I said, there's something about music, you know. They said the wordings in music, the lyrics, whatever you call them. It's one thing. I said, but there's a spirit behind it. The spirit behind the person singing it is another. So the, the words are there and the beats, of course. But the person singing also is singing by another spirit. There's a spirit that is behind that person singing. And if that spirit is not of God... Every time you listen to that music, you come under the influence of that spirit. I told Gabriel this. And years later, he did some research, and they had a youth you know, program in the church here, and brought this Craig Lewis, exposed exactly what I said. You know, the, oh my, I, I think I divert it, but let me say this. When King Saul, the Bible says that King Saul, the spirit of God left him, And an evil spirit, you know, it says from the Lord, but of course means that God allowed, because he had forsaken God, God allowed an evil spirit to come and take possession of him and torment him. But the Bible says that David, a young David who was a musician, was brought in to play music. And while he played music, the demons would leave King Saul. So why did they bring David? Why not any other kind of musician? Because David had the anointing of God on him. So as David played the music, he was playing the music also with the anointing of God on him. And the presence of God came there, and the demons left the king. So there's a spirit behind music. And the music itself is one thing. The words are one thing. But there's a spirit behind it. You know, that Craig Lewis, he exposed it. He said it. He said some of those enchanting that take place, all these raps that take place that you don't hear clearly there are actually incantations going on. I don't have time to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. But you see, so it's important. The same thing with prophecy. The, you know, the, it's one thing for somebody to profess. You need to look at who is the person talking. What is the source of this information? And i tell you something. Another thing, again, is familiar spirits. What are familiar spirits? Demons, they know some things, but they don't know everything. Satan knows some things, but Satan does not know everything. So what Satan does is to show some of his uh, people some things. And then they come and tell you and you think that uh, it is God, but it is not God. My goodness, this is one of the most devastating things happening today. Seriously speaking. Demons, they know know where you live. They know. They know your car number, plate number. Demons know. So they can easily go and tell somebody. And they say, ah, uh, go there, okay, your car, this, 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 registration number, this, Ah, you just moved to a bus. But the thing is that, you know, at the end of the day, you listen to stuff like that. Nothing at the end that is tangible. So what, you know my name, my car number, my house, so what, my mobile number, so what? What is God saying? What is God saying? What is the source of that information? What is it? Who is speaking? Jesus Christ knew when Peter said, no, Lord, you are not going to the cross. Jesus knew it was not Peter talking. He knew it was Satan. So he said, get thee behind me, Satan. And it's, you see, that is where the danger is. That is why we need God's Holy Spirit to help us. Because what Peter was saying, there was nothing wrong with it. Jesus Christ was talking of going to the cross to die. And Peter was saying, No, 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 Lord, you can't do that. I mean, for, for goodness sake, if somebody says they are going to die and you, you are telling them, no, 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 no. They I mean, it sounds like the right thing to do. In fact, if you don't say anything, people will say you're a bad person. <laughs> Here is somebody saying they are going to die and you are saying nothing. But it shows the the, the, the level of deception that the devil can get to, uh, it takes God to know. Because it sounds logical, it sounds reasonable, sounds like the right thing to do. There's nothing wrong with it as far as the wordings are concerned. Except that the source, the source is not God. So how are you going to know? You need to rely on the Holy Spirit within you to help you. Hallelujah. Don't just be in a hurry to, you know, to, to listen to all manner of people talking, you know, all kinds of music that you listen to. I've always said over the years that I have a problem with all kinds of music, because that was what happened in the book of Daniel. The king set up an idol and said, whenever you listen to all kinds of music, you fall down and worship. I got a problem with listening to all kinds of music. I want to know the kind of music I'm listening to. That the music that the people that sang as much as possible, you know, they are glorifying God. They are honoring God. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This guy came and prophesied but unfortunately this prophecy was not of God. We have to stop here because of time. But I want you to learn to trust the Lord. Don't be in a hurry to just swallow things. These days Satan is out and deceiving. You know, the Bible says that in the last days, people will deceive and people will get deceived. So some are deceiving, some are getting deceived. But if we hold on to the truth, we know the word of God and the spirit of God is in us, helping us. We will not listen to and follow any spirit. The Bible, Jesus Christ said that my sheep hear my voice. So we ought to be listening for the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ and obeying the voice of the word of God. We need to be careful for what you hear. And you know, we cannot plead you know ignorance as an excuse. We know because we have access to the truth. And remember the, the 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 danger of it all is that we are accountable even when and if we are deceived. We are still accountable. Can you imagine that? We would have thought maybe because you are deceived, then it's not your fault. But the thing is that you are deceived and you are still accountable. So we need to be careful. Read the word of God. Listen to preachers that teach the word of God, the truth of God's word. Don't be deceived. Praise the name of Jesus. Let us pray this afternoon. Thank you, Father.